Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters. Underwear is the second, shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first. Made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear and shirts too. All designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas. Comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com slash comfy. Hi, I'm Robert Sex Reese, host of the Dr. Sex Reese Show, And every episode, I listen to people talk about their sex and intimacy issues. And yes, I despise every minute of it. I mean, she she made mistakes too. That's true. She did kill everyone at her wedding. But hell is real. We're all trapped here. And there's nothing any of us can do about it. So join me, won't you? Listen to the Dr. Sex Reese Show every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're paying tribute to DMX's legacy. The cast of Glee honored the memory of former castmate Naya Rivera. And we're chatting about Taylor Swift releasing new recordings of her old albums with Ryan Shockett. It's April 9th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Stephen LeConte. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. So we're starting with the extremely sad news that Earl Simmons, known by his stage name DMX, died earlier today. The rapper and actor was hospitalized in White Plains, New York, on April 2nd after a heart attack, according to his attorney and friend, Murray Richmond. TMZ reported the hospitalization was due to an overdose, and DMX had been open about his struggles with drug addiction, telling Billboard, quote, I learned that I had to deal with the things that hurt me. I didn't really have anybody to talk to. In the hood, nobody wants to hear that. Talking about your problems is viewed as a sign of weakness when actually it's one of the bravest things you can do. DMX was known for his monster hits, X Gonna Give It To Ya and Party Up, Up In Here, which featured his unique barking style. During his career, he released eight studio albums and was nominated three times for Grammy Awards, including Best Rap Album for his third album, and then there was X. DMX's family released a statement to People magazine saying, quote, Earl's music inspired countless fans across the world and his iconic legacy will live on forever. We appreciate all of the love and support during this incredibly difficult time. Meanwhile, last night, the cast of Glee reunited to pay respect to actor Naya Rivera at the Glad Media Awards. The cast honored Rivera, who died in a tragic boating accident last July, by speaking about what she meant to each of them and the show. And co-star Demi Lovato had these words for her friend. I will always cherish the chance I got to play Naya's girlfriend, Danny, on Glee. The character Naya played, Santana Lopez, was groundbreaking for closeted queer girls like I was at the time. And her ambition and accomplishments inspired Latina women all over the world. 
That's the power of a show like Glee. Rivera's mother, Yolanda Prevetire, was also included in the broadcast and said, quote, Naya would be honored to receive this recognition. Her desire was always to be an advocate for those who did not have a voice. I don't believe she realized how important she was to this world. I think something that's really interesting about working at BuzzFeed, we do these things called Add Yours, where you ask people, usually fans about TV shows and movies, about like, what's one of your favorite queer characters or, you know, any ranging questions like that. And it's interesting over the years to see how those answers change and for different age groups. Naya Rivera and her character on Glee was so important to queer girls. She had such an impact. It was one of, you hadn't seen a character like her that was so multifaceted. It really just goes to show how important she is. And I love that they honored her. Yeah, you know, that scene in Glee where she comes out to her grandmother is such a powerful, emotional scene that I know means so much to so many people. I mean, nowadays we see a lot of scenes like that on television, but what we have to remember is at the time, that was absolutely groundbreaking television. I think one thing that I feel really sad about is that I think that Naya did not get to see her legacy fully appreciated. I don't know that she got to have this moment of understanding how much she meant to people. I hope she did, you know? All right, moving on. Just today, Taylor Swift released a re-recorded version of her 2008 album, Fearless. This one dubbed Taylor's version, and fans are completely here for it. So to get deep into everything Taylor Swift and all the drama around her re-recording her old albums, we're chatting with BuzzFeed celeb writer and self-proclaimed Swifty, Ryan Shockett. Hi, Ryan. Happy Fearless re-record release day. Hi, happy Fearless Rerecord release day. <laughs> so, so let's start with a big question. Ryan, you, like me, are a big Taylor Swift fan. I know you could go on about this question forever, but can you just describe for me why you admire her so much? Like, where did this all begin for you? I admire Taylor Swift for, like, countless reasons. She's just always an advocate of, like, writers and art and making sure artists, you know, get their due. And, but on a personal level, she's just like, you know, being closeted, you really look to the people that helped you get through these dark times in your life. And like, we have, you know, gays, we have our pop stars and like our singers and Taylor Swift and her discography was always there for me during some of the hardest times of my life. And also she just like makes really great fucking music. You know, she makes, you know, pop songs, country songs, like folk songs. Like it's just, Everything she makes to me sounds good. It's it's amazing. I love it. Let's move on to why we're talking about her today. She's dropping her first full re-recorded album, Fearless. In the world of Taylor Swift fandom, what does this album represent? This album represents the reclamation of Taylor Swift's art. She is taking it back from people who took it from her. She is clapping back in what I think is the smartest way she's ever clapped back. And she's really taking back what is hers. You know, she spent hours and hours writing these songs, winning awards for this album and really putting her heart and soul into this, especially at such a young age. And it's really a shame that greedy men like Scooter Braun tried to take over this and, you you know, make it something that it's not. And that's all about money and greed And I'm happy she's taking it back and reclaiming the narrative. Not to use that buzzword that was, you know, from the Kanye scandal. The Swifties know what I'm talking about. 
Um, Ryan, I'm curious, like for you in, in Taylor's catalog of music, what does fearless, the album mean, uh, in, in the chronology of her albums where like what was happening in the fearless era for Taylor? Uh, So much was happening. So this was like one of Taylor's best public appeal eras. And it's also like where she was really reaching like critical acclaim. She won album of the year. She was writing these amazing songs, collaborating with artists like Kobe Calais, Her songwriting was really shining through during this era. You know, she had songs like Breathe and even Fearless, the title track is just like, it's, it's quintessential Taylor Swift. If, you know, the debut album was obviously the introduction to Taylor Swift, the songwriter. Fearless was really the quintessential, like nostalgic, capturing these small, minute details that um, happen in every relationship or happen when you first meet someone. And she was really putting them, you know, on paper and, you know, releasing them into the world and people were really latching onto her music. Well, we have much more to unpack about the new version of Fearless, which we're going to do right after the break. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. From Cavalry Audio comes the new true crime podcast, The Shadow Girls. I always wanted to know what it felt like to kill somebody. And he started laughing. Prosecutors described him as a serial killer savant, picking up these girls, getting them in a position of vulnerability. When he got a hold of their neck, that was it. I'm Carolyn Osorio, a journalist and lifelong resident of the Pacific Northwest. I grew up near the banks of the Green River and in the shadow of the killer that bears its name. How many times did you bring the camera to one the One time. Just one time. one time. He started fantasizing about having sex with his mother. Then he fantasized about killing her. But this podcast isn't only about tracking down the killer. It's about the victims. We stayed in the woods. He always liked to go to the woods. She was just, to all of us, kind of strange. You know how he feels about prostitutes? Listen to The Shadow Girls on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination. Our sense of wonder. And our family bonds grow, too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back. We're talking with Ryan Shockett about the fearless re-release from Taylor Swift. Having these songs that are now in the range of like 10 to 15 years old gain new relevance, it's like this dose of instant nostalgia. But what do you think of the slight additions and changes and guest appearances that she's added to the original versions? Well, first I'm annoyed because I, I want to know who is telling Taylor Swift to cut these songs that she never added. 
it's probably Scott Bruchetta or like some dumb man because these songs are so fucking good and they could have been hits. I mean, Fearless has enough hits and has enough songs that everyone knows by heart, but like these songs could have been topping the charts. They could have been at the end of TV shows or in the end of Grey's Anatomy. I know that they were just like telling her no or telling her cut this or you have to worry about saying that. And I'm like, she needed people to tell her, no, put these songs out into the world. I don't care if it's a 25 song album, you know, like yeah. put these songs out there. They, they are too good. I mean, the fans have already been listening to them because we were trading them on Tumblr years ago. Like we've heard the shitty demos of them. Like they should have been HQ put on the album and released to the world. Well, speaking of these songs that she cut and has now released in the new version, I want to know what you thought of the previously unreleased song, Mr. Perfectly Fine, that she left off Fearless originally, and which we obviously all know is about Joe Jonas. (laughs) I love it. I mean, it's amazing. It's How did that song get cut? I was wondering the same thing, Ryan. I think it's incredible. I think that person needs to be like held accountable for like not, <laughs> not including that on fearless. Cause it's like really a grave, like transgression there. Oh, Ryan, you like want names. I want names. I want punishments, but yeah, I, I love Mr. Perfectly fine. It's kind of like a, a mesh of like debut Taylor and fearless Taylor. Like it reminds me of like the songs like permanent marker and um, just like songs that you can feel her youth and, some of her slight young messiness, you know, yes. like the just the whole like which I miss. I miss that slight young messiness. I'm glad it's back a little bit. Yeah, like the picture to burn. Like I'm gonna like call you Mister Perfectly Fine. You're gonna get this little title that I created. It's so genius. Like she's just been hanging on to this like on her iPhone for all these years. It's just like come on. And then I'm just having the best time because how funny is it that, you know, Joe Jonas's wife, Sophie Turner, is like, hey, but this is a bop. (laughs) Yeah. I tweeted, I was like, she's going to literally listen to this song every time they get in a bar. She's actually going to listen to all of Fearless every time that Joe is like annoying. And she's going to be like, this is why Taylor wrote Forever and Always and like added it last minute because of you. You're the reason that we have Last Kiss, like every time they get in a fight. Okay, so you already mentioned this a little bit, but for those who don't know, can you break down why she's doing these album re-recordings and releases? Yeah, so basically I'll keep it like simple. Taylor, when she was young, signed a contract with Scott Bruchetta, who's a greedy, greedy person now that we know. But when she signed it, she was super young. And after six records, she knew that the contract would be up. And she knew that Scott was going to sell her masters, which is basically that first recording of the song when she writes a song. Keep in mind, Taylor has written all of her own songs. So even though, you know, she signed it away to Scott, it is her art. She created each song. She's never, you know, had someone else write a song for her. She's always written them. So Scott then sold her masters to Scooter Braun, who Taylor has told us, Everyone knows that Scooter has been shitty to Taylor Swift. He's in a picture with Justin Bieber bullying her online. He's just known as kind of like a sketchy guy in the music industry. Like he's been accused of like paying off like Spotify or like, you know, engaging in kind of like sketchy activities with like his artists and getting them number ones. But Scott sold it to Scooter. And when that happened, Taylor was like, what the fuck? Like, you know that I don't like this person. Why would you sell, you know, the prize of my life, my art to someone who's so shitty and someone who's bullied me. Like imagine working that hard. And then all of a sudden the person who hates you and has tried to like dismantle your success now owns 
one of your biggest, the biggest things in your life. So Scooter, after this happened, reached out to Taylor and was like, you can buy back your masters. Like, it'll be fine. Um, you just have to like sign this NDA, which says like, you'll never talk about me or never talk shit about me or, and I'm not going to like show you any of like the business dealings. And she's like, um, no, like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not going to just like, you may be able to pull fast ones on other people, but not me. So she said, no, he then sold it to a group called the Shamrock group or whatever. And the Shamrock group is actually nice with her. They, they're very professional and they cooperate with her, but part of the conditions to work together, they wanted her to still work with Scooter. And she's like, no, like this is someone who has really tried to like dismantle my legacy. He's bullied me online. He's made a mockery of me. Like when I was going through the hardest time in my career, like during that whole thing where Kanye and Kim lied with the edited uh, video and she was like, fuck this. So she re-recorded her music and now she's taking total control of her legacy and her discography without letting him pocket any more dirty money. So, you know, it's always kind of been a fun game to figure out which songs on her album are about which ex-boyfriend, etc. But on her latest albums, you also had the addition of which songs are about Scooter Braun. Do you think there are songs that are written about him or that hint at him? I will say, I do think that Mad Woman on uh, Folklore is about him. Yeah, I, I, Mad Woman is where my mind went to as well. I'm pretty sure that's about Scooter. Um, I want to talk about uh, not just how you and I feel about Taylor, because obviously we love her. But I would I die to- for Taylor Swift. I would give up like <laughs> half of my family. I would die for her. I will fight for her. I have fought for her. I, I feel so, and, I love her so much. And just because I don't know how many listeners know Ryan, he's telling the truth. He really would fight for her. Um, yeah, I'll fight for her. I want to talk about like how you and I feel about her, but her public image in general. Clearly, the pandemic has been like a very creative time for her, and it seems like she's entered almost a new era of her career. Do you feel like with everything that's happened, some of the Taylor hate has finally died down a little bit? Yeah, because I'm so sick of these people who think their personality uh, like can be hating Taylor Swift. Like, let's get some new material. Like, we get it. You think you're too cool to like her. We get it, but. Now that they're actually listening to they're having the time to sit with her art and sit with her music and maybe delving into an album that they never normally would have given a chance or watching a special like, you know, the Long Pond Studios that they never in a million years would have done. But because of quarantine, they have free time. They're really getting to appreciate her art, which is what they should have been doing all along. Because as like Swifties, we're like, hello, like we've we've known that she's a great songwriter, great artist, puts all this effort into her work, makes every release a huge deal. Like we've known this. Welcome to the club. Let's get you caught up to speed here. You know, do you know what's actually really interesting is that you were talking about, you know, one of the reasons Taylor Swift means so much to you is like, you know, when you hadn't come out yet and she was getting you through difficult times, it's just like made me think about how music can really take you back to specific moments in your life. And now I do believe that folklore will always take me back to the first year of the pandemic that summer with getting through depression, loneliness, sadness, and like, just like it being a very cathartic experience. And I just, I wonder if that's going to be true for a lot, a lot of people. Yeah. And I like folklore to me, like everyone says it too. It it feels just like this warm hug from like a friend. And it really was there for us during that first year of the pandemic. I still like, I hear certain songs and it takes me back to where I was and how I was feeling. And, um, even evermore takes me back to like that second wave. It's, it's a darker album. It's more sad, but it's, you know, we all were going through dark times then too. And fearless almost seems as this like, 
album that's coinciding with like the home stretch of the pandemic. People are getting vaccinated. It's this bright light. You know, we're getting re-recordings. Things are starting to return to normal, you know? And I, I love that her albums have done that, but they've been doing that for a lot of us for years, you know? Certain people can associate certain albums with their college years or their high school years or when they had their first kiss. And I think that's really speaks to like how powerful Taylor's music is and like, you know, linking it with the nostalgia we all experience despite what age, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. This was great. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. That's it for today. Come back and join us on Monday. And remember... We're going to leave you with this beautiful advice about orchids and people that DMX said in a guest appearance on the sitcom Fresh Off the Boat. When I first started growing orchids, I thought they needed the most expensive soil and lights to blossom. And they died. That's when I realized that all they really needed was time and attention. You don't need to get your girl a gift. You need to give her your time. BuzzFeed Daily is produced by Dan Bowza, Alan Haberchak, Julia Karen, and Erica Nedanine. Special thanks to Tracy Ayers, Mongesha Ticketer, Samantha Hennig, and Tommy Wesley. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. What grows in the forest? our imagination, and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Conquer your New Year's resolutions with the Before Breakfast podcast. In each bite-sized daily episode, you'll learn how to make the most of your time with practical tools to help you feel less busy and get more done. Listen to Before Breakfast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The new year is a great time to reset your relationship with your emotions. We all experience things that don't feel so good. Stuff like sadness, anxiety, burnout, and guilt. But in 2022, I want to help you look at these emotions in a new light. I'm Dr. Laurie Santos. In the new season of my podcast, The Happiness Lab, I'll show you that the path to happiness actually involves embracing your negative emotions and listening to the important things they have to say. So listen to The Happiness Lab in the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.